Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your girl, Mitzi, and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it. Today, I have another special great guest on my show, and we are going to be thinking about surviving the impossible. Believe me, after you hear her story, you're going to really know why I chose this title, because it's impossible to actually survive after what she's been through. So, Amanda, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your story, and we'll take it from there. Okay. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, So I'll just get to it. When I was 22 years old, I was in my fourth year at the University of Nevada, Reno. And um, during midterms on a Monday night when I was leaving my class at 10 p.m., um, I left with a group of people because it had been ingrained in me that their safety and numbers. And as I was approaching the parking garage, I was the only one that had parked on the ground floor. And so I didn't see anything between myself and my vehicle. And I wished the rest of the group a good week and they broke off and I proceeded to my vehicle and Shortly after that, it became abundantly clear to me that what I hadn't seen was a man that was hutched behind the wheel wall of a truck in between this truck and a sedan. And he overtook me from behind and um, raped me at gunpoint. He went on to kidnap and rape his second victim. And then he raped and murdered his last known victim. Um, He was eventually captured by the Reno Police Department about 14 months after my attack. And he's currently sitting on death row in Nevada while he's also serving four consecutive life sentences. Wow. See, that's an intense experience. That is it. That is a very traumatizing experience. To be honest, I am so grateful that you are in this position where you're able to share your story. You know, I mean, what what made you want to voice your opinion? Because something so traumatic like that, to be honest, I, I would be in the dark and not want to share that story. I mean, just because yeah. it's so it's hard to you know, Mm -hmm. live every time you, you tell it. Right. Um, so, I mean, to be completely honest for several years after I was in the dark, I was, um, not much more than a ball on the couch. Um, like a little window into me. I was dating at the time of my attack. I was dating my now husband. We've been married now for 15 years and we have Mm -hmm. three beautiful girls but I, it, it has been a process. This is not, this type of healing journey is not something that's instantaneous and overnight. It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of time. And, um, I had to get to the point for myself where I wanted to heal. And I, um, I needed to believe for myself that it was possible. And so I embarked on this journey of learning how to reclaim my life beyond surviving. Because for me, I was left alive. I was surviving. I was merely existing, but I wasn't really living my life. Not in a way that we're intended to while we're on this earth. And so, um, 
I started, you know, just being vulnerable and open and sharing about what was going on with people who were really close to me. And then um, as I got more and more vocal with some advocacy work, just a lot of misconceptions, I was met with a lot of misconceptions and a lot of um, yeah, I can see hurtful that. comments about rape and and everything that surrounds that and yeah and while I was met with that I continually had a line of women waiting to talk to me to let me know that they too had a story and they would always say oh it wasn't as bad as yours and that always just was like a dagger to my soul because that is bad and no matter how you endure it Rape is soul murder. Rape is murdering someone's soul. It is a crime that is unlike any other against another human being. And I wanted those women to know that they can own the the gravity of their story and that they needed to own the gravity of their story in order to heal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it was just if I if I can do it, then we have it within ourselves for anybody to be able to do it, to be able to live a full life after surviving trauma. And so that is one of my main um, I have like four key components that I depend on every day or on a regular basis anyways, for living a full life after surviving trauma. And the last key component is the what now, which is, I call it my wishbone. And it's, it's turning the why me question that can spiral into well, it can keep me into a pit of darkness anyways, of the why me and the wallowing into focusing it and re um, just flipping it to, to what now, what am I going to do with this now? My life was preserved. I don't know why, but it was by the grace of God. And so what now, what am I going to do with it? And it doesn't, it can start off so small. Like my what now started off with, I'm going to get up and I'm going to be fully present for my children and my husband. And I'm going to fight for that today. And it, it might seem trivial to some people, but it was a huge accomplishment for me when I could start doing that. And, um, and if that's, I don't want to say if that's all you do, but if that's your what now for your life, that is tremendous. And that is a huge gift that you can give yourself and the people that are in your life. Yeah, I, I, I think what you said is was perfectly stated. You know, when you state when referencing back when you said that it kills your soul, it killed you. It killed your old you. It killed a part of mm-hmm. you that you would never be able to get back. For any woman that experienced this type of rape and and this force that's upon you that you have no control of, who is anyone to say that the old you is still alive? No, because right. now you have altered, now you have changed, now you see life differently. And that requires a new way of thinking, a new way of processing. And like you said, even when you said um, that when women and men or when you go to these conventions and they will start giving you these ludicrous comments and and 
and judgments. It's it's crazy because one of the biggest things people say is, oh, she probably looked for it. Oh, she she was probably asking for it for the way that she was dressing and wearing. But I'm sorry, no one in this world asked for that. Man no. or woman, nothing, nothing takes away from that. And I think it's right. ridiculous that that they that somebody else has the right to tell you how you feel or what you did and and what and anything that you could have done to change your situation because i'm sorry there's evil and evil people and when they set out to do something nothing and no one can change their mind you know what i'm saying so you had you you had nothing you had no way to prevent it in any way and you did the right thing come on you went in a group and you parked on the first floor those are things that common folks with the right mind would do i wouldn't be finding myself on the top floor for the birds to hear me like no that's not that's not that's not i mean even like you hit the nail on the head when you said that there's evil people and when you say like i did the right thing yeah everything i did minimized the risk i was i was left than 50 feet away from the campus police office i was on the same floor that they parked their cruisers but they had left for the night and i think there's this huge misconception when it surrounds rape that rape is sex and you said it when you said, oh, well, she was looking for it by the way she was dressed or she was, you know, and you hit the the nail right on the head when you said no, because there's evil people because rape, like if nothing else, I want people to understand that rape is not sex. Rape has absolutely nothing to do with sex. It is violent. It is um, all about control and demeaning and dehumanizing another human being. And you're using the vehicle of sex, something that is intended to be beautiful and vulnerable and enjoyed. And and you're perverting it. The people who who commit the act of rape are perverting it and making it into something that it was never intended to be. Correct. Correct. Perfectly, perfectly stated. And I think that is something that I want people to really understand. And especially when you said that other women would come to you and say, oh, but mine wasn't as bad as yours. Don't downplay your experience. Don't right. downplay your experience. Perfect. I, I love how you said, like, it hurts me to know that they don't see what they've been through because they're comparing it to my experience. No one should ever compare their experience to somebody else because what you felt at that moment, what you experienced at that moment is valid. And it's true. And no one can take that away from you. And I think it brings me up to my next um, my next topic. Um, do you think, I mean, I know you said that it, 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 that it changed the way that you lived your life, but how much so did it, does it change the way that you, you move around your life and how you see for your children now that you have daughters? I mean, come on, as a woman yeah. I, and as a child, I know how scary it was because you have to implement these these views on your on your daughters early you know and i i will i got my period when i was eight so as soon as i was eight years old my mother and my father they they always always warned me and told me the reality of life when it came to rape and sex and molestation and all of those things because it changes you you know i mean do you do you i mean does that does that change the way that you went forward as well seeing that you have three daughters um i mean i can only surmise that it has because i wasn't a mother before i i endured this and like you said i mean the 
the person I was and who I was becoming collided that night and, and I died in that parking garage. And so, um, but I can tell you that the way my husband and I navigate this world with our three daughters is definitely seen through the lens of what we have endured early in our marriage and in our, you know, um, and so it, it is this like fine line of not wanting to give my children vicarious trauma through my trauma. Like I'm not trying, I don't want to traumatize them through my experience, but it's more of like a, um, just training them up the way I was brought up, which was to be aware of our, my surroundings and, and explaining to them, you know, like you need to stay close to mommy in a store because there's a lot of good people in the world, but there are some bad people and we don't really know who the bad people are just by looking at them. So you need to stay close to mommy because my job is to keep you safe. And, um, and so we always kind of go back to that. And it's like, uh, when we're going out to the, the parking lot there's been times when I've got I mean my kids are I had three kids in four and a half years so I had babies and trying to juggle three babies out to the car to get groceries and stuff I just didn't feel safe or comfortable and so I would ask someone like hey can you just walk me to my car like and and not feeling bad about it and even if you know like it didn't probably nothing would have happened, but who knows? I just listened to my gut and I've trained my kids to listen to their gut instinct as far as like, no, I don't really want to go in there. It just doesn't feel right. Like, okay, then we're not going to go in there. Like we're going to, you know, like do plan. Um, Because I think that that gift of fear is innate in us and, and it, it, it protects us and we don't always have to be polite. Yes about it yes yes thank you for saying it ladies and gentlemen it's true (laughs) you can be polite you can be nice but to a degree recognize your surroundings recognize people's energies you know sometimes smiling faces don't always have the nicest intentions you know it was weird because some lady she we were at a barbecue i know it's random so side note um she she um she she asked if she could pick up my son and my son was only probably like five months old at the time um, and then all of a sudden she tells me the story about how she heard in the news that this lady at Walmart asked to pick up this newborn baby to this woman and she lets her and then she's like, can I have your baby? And then the lady and then um, he, the other lady was like, no, this is my baby. And she's like, well, you know, I've been um, charged with kidnapping before and then started walking away from this lady with her child and then she started calling everybody and making a big hubbubaloo about it and the police officers well she was able obviously at the end of the story she was able to get her baby but the police officers blamed her for allowing her to change um to hold her baby and after she told me that story i was like okay well can i have my baby back <laughs> you're like as your as a high stranger to bring this up yeah it's so weird like why would you tell me this when i don't know you i'm giving you the benefit of the doubt i got a good vibe from you you know what i mean i'm yeah. thinking everything's all cool and then all of a sudden you tell me this scary story like no give it to me it was so weird. yeah but i i just felt like bringing that up sorry it was just in the moment um anyways no. <laughs> back to topic i think the way that you are raising your children are perfectly right because that is the right way to do it we have to teach our children to be observant because that is the only way to really 
allow them to not be completely naive and ignorant in the world that is right. damned, you know, damned with beyond evil people that are it's kind of disgusting and gross to know. The it's cringing to think about how dark people can really think right. about. You know what I mean? Like black yeah. market is real, and how dark that black market gets is so cringing that I don't right. even want to even dive into it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's yeah, really diving into a rabbit hole of just pure, just ugh, you know yeah. what I mean. So I, I even, applaud you for that. Thank you. And even, I mean, beyond that too, it's always an open communication with my husband and I and our girls about you can always come to us no matter what, no matter what anybody says, no matter what any, you know, how you feel or anything like that, we are on your side and we are your advocates and that is our job. And we will do that to the best of our ability, no matter what it takes. And so I think it's, fostering this environment within our family too, to have that open, honest communication so they can tell us, you know, like, yeah, someone hugged me this way and I didn't really like it. And it's letting them know, like, that's okay. You didn't have to like it. And so what, what do you think you can do next time? Or, you know, like empowering them to use their voice and to even be able to tell the person like, no, I don't want to hug you. And, um, knowing that we'll support them and back them in that. And that if anything happens to them, that we're here for them to get them the support and the resources that they need is so key and, and letting them know that we'll believe them no matter what anybody says is so key to fostering that environment for people to be able to come forward. Yes. Yes. I think that's great because once your daughters have that established in their foundation, they'll be able to project that out to other people around mm-hmm. them that may not have that foundation in them or may not recognize or know the reason why they should be more observant or they'll start helping other people, you know, and it's a ripple effect how you teach your children at a young age and what they hold on to really has a ripple effect onto the world. So it's it's a great thing that you're doing because I'm I'm doing that too with my sons where every time we leave the the, the car it's like uh, this is the rules this is the rotation this is yeah. what's gonna happen <laughs> no ifs ands and buts about it and I know because I have two kids that are young and around the same time because my boys are are literally 19 days apart and. <clears throat> It's a hectic, it's just so hectic just going out, the anxiety. I'm so glad that there's like that car pickup things for groceries now because yeah. I have to leave with my right? kids. Like, yeah, no, pop the trunk, close the trunk, going home, yes. in and out, yes. one, two, three. This I'm already sweating bringing the kids in. I'm going to be sweating bringing these groceries in. You know, I don't need to yes. be going in there and walking around the grocery store, sweating some more. Like, I'm good. <laughs> But I guess as I'm wrapping up the show, what would be some lasting advice or lasting words that you can possibly share with my audience that may be needing this flip of a a, a switch in their minds when it comes to rape and or just surviving it or something this traumatic? Because I'm pretty sure, like you said, you're not the only one that has gone through this. Right. Um, I guess, I mean... There's so much that I could say. That's like such a like can of worms. Um, Okay. So I'm going to, I don't know if this is going to be video or or audio and I should have asked, but um, for those who can see it, this is a tattoo that I had done um, on the 10 year anniversary of my attack. It's Mm -hmm. a lark 
Oh. And um, the inscription here is free. And that's my husband's handwriting. The lark is the only bird that sings in the darkest hours of the morning as it awaits the the, the promise of the sun coming up. And then my husband writing free is like declaring that what was done to me is not my identity. And so for anybody that is in the depths of the valley, just like in that pit of darkness, I want to encourage you to hold on and to keep moving forward, keep going one moment at a time, one breath at a time, because the break of day is coming and it will come. This is just a season and it's not your entire life. And moreover, we are not the sum of what's been done to us. We are not, that is not our identity. It is defining in our lives, but it doesn't have to define us. And so that's what I would leave for the listener. Thank you. I I really like that. I I never knew that about a lark. I think that is something beautiful. It's better than a dove or butterfly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. through a change. You know, I can't lie. I have a butterfly on me. So I guess I'm making fun of myself, but it's true. I I really like that lark and the meaning behind it because you would never know that that's what that bird did in the middle Mm -hmm. of the night, right at the crack of dawn. It's better than a rooster. (laughs) Right? Yeah, it's prettier than a rooster. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We we heard it first from Amanda. Her words, her perspective, it's real, it's honest, and it's the truth. There's no hiding it. There's no cover coding it. There's no sugar on top to make it sound pretty for you. This is the real deal. And you know what? To be honest, that's what we need to think about. We need to think about the real stuff that's happening in life and people's lives. And I appreciate you for coming on my show and sharing your story because you didn't have to. You really didn't have to share your story and 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 let people know of the truth that is in our world. But you did. And I applaud you for that. And I thank you for that. And I feel that my my show is better for that because people like you need more of a platform to to share their stories and, and have, have people like myself who give you that safe space so that you can be you because like your husband and like the people that you choose to have around you, that's the safe space that people need to start providing to to these victims yeah. that feel like everyone's against you and everyone's judging you for the mis- misconceptions of what people tell themselves, you know, let's, let's get over that. Right. But if you'd like to know more, please check out Amanda. I have her website on my website. She has a foundation, a charity. I'm telling you she's doing great things. And I believe that it's time for us to support each other like in that aspect. So check her out, go to mitzithinking.com and you find all that good stuff about Amanda with her beautiful picture on my site so that's it that's the show always 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 keep thinking y'all bye